Hello and welcome back to the Off the Crossbar podcast with Regan Walsh and Brad Morris in which we discuss everything that's happening in and around the world of football. But before we get into that, make sure you like and subscribe where you are listening to us on Apple, Spotify or Acast itself. And make sure you're following us on Twitter as well to keep up to date with all the latest news and stories. And as I said, I'm joined by Brad and he's not so happy, let's just say that. After the FA Cup this weekend. Well, you put it like that, it makes me sound like I'm a complete dower. But no, like before Monday at 7.55, I was the happiest I've ever been about the greatest weekend in the English football calendar. And I was neither here nor there because, like I've said many a time, I'm not the FA Cup's biggest fan. Of course, people like a good sing-song. And the best way to describe this weekend's FA Cup as a whole. Oh, 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 it's magic. For God's sake. How many times do I have to tell you about bloody singing on this podcast? Got to give the people what they want. Nobody wants this. Nobody wants a you singing. (laughs) Until then. Mm. But yes, uh, the magic of the cup definitely delivered this weekend with the games. Um... Some absolute upsets uh, all across the ties this past weekend. And before we get into all of that, we obviously have to talk about the big game uh, for us two being Manchester United, Aston Villa. That did take place yesterday, even uh, at the time of recording. Just when I was feeling United, so happy. <laughs> uh, United managed to get a victory. Not their best performance again, but... Uh, in Man United terms, they won't really care. A win's a win, and um, yeah, it's good for them. But what were your thoughts on the game as a whole? What were my thoughts? How do I sum this up in less than what five minutes? Yes. Well, first, I'll be nice that I'll sum up Manchester United's performance for you. You scored a goal, and then you played shit for the rest of it. Yeah, but. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to cast on it because now I'm confirming it. This is the worst Manchester United team I have seen in my lifetime. How have oh, you yeah, regressed yeah, after Oli left? I wish I knew. Like, like I was saying to you on last week's show, it's not a team of players. It's just a team of individuals. And it's just getting more and more present each game you watch. You've also got a manager who's living off of some reputation that from what I've said so far is a complete falsehood I think it's just the players aren't buying into it and they don't know how to change because uh, we all know what he can do he's been a uh, success in terms of like getting the players to play the way he wants in every club that he's worked at and he brings through great talents and finds great bargains and that but this Manchester United team at this minute just don't know how to do the bare minimum of tasks the, the only way you're going to get success is if that does change even if that means bang a few of them at the door because that's he's not the first manager mm. to have this happen with so as we established in the last podcast some of these players have got to start getting blamed now oh yeah 100% about, about um, the looks of it like one of them just... might actually be Marcus Rashford I, I think for him though let's be honest he's pl- what he was out injured until mid-October, so a month into his campaign, his manager gets sacked. He then gets another manager, what, two, three weeks later, after the international break, so he's probably 
the least prepared for us. I mean, yes, he hasn't been his usual Marcus Rashford self, and some people are saying he looks stroppy and unhappy, but he himself, he said he's happy at the club and everything. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm giving him a that little bit extra leeway because he has came back into a hiring mess of the club rather than something... Uh, sensible and like normal because obviously when a player's coming back from injury at a top club you expect all to be going well you're getting the results I mean just look at um, Liverpool when uh, Thiago Alcantara comes back he'll be going back into a normal sailing ship from his injury well Van Dijk when he returned at the start of the season it wasn't too bad for him yet you now look at Marcus Rashford and coming back from his injury and it was like all hell broke loose I'm not saying that's like down to his poor performances like yes he, he knows he's got to do better and he'll be the first to credit that himself we hope he would because yeah. this man is an absolute shell of himself I got through twice against us and mm. I couldn't believe he didn't finish it even on all the rebound chances yeah. he, had, he just showed no effort mm. well, maybe we'll see the confidence coming into him later on in the season hopefully for that always let the Tories get in his head <laughs> too busy trying to save the country rather than saving his club I wish someone would fucking save this country <laughs> yeah. well, from one bit of corruption to another <laughs> oh, just... oh for god's sake god I feel like I'd, before I go off I have to reiterate that this is not in the least bit surprising is it like it's Man United at Old Trafford, what did I think was going to happen? I mean, was Cavani fouled? But before I get onto that lunacy, just of course <laughs> they were going to roll it out. They didn't even hold back in their intentions to try and roll it out. It took that long. Three and a half minutes. They were sad there. Three minutes 26. Three minutes 45 in mind. They spent that long trying he's got a fast fucking clock begging to roll this thing out they've got the magnifying glass out just scouring every little detail oh is that a handball no it's not a handball is it oh, is he offside though is he he looks slightly at the, he can't give it can't give it no, right, come on. should we go back to that little incident <laughs> then don't oh, do you know what? yeah why not yeah, but you you got to look at all the aspects. There doesn't have to be one aspect to run off the goal. It doesn't have to be just offside or this, that, and the other. It's right in the process of that goal. Was anything committed that is illegal in terms of the play? All right. Question: and Is Edison Cavani going to get that ball? You don't know. So, so it's so by that understanding, it's not a clear and obvious error. No, it is because he has stopped him from potentially getting to that ball. We you don't never know convinced that he was me that Edinson Cavani, Edinson Cavani, thirty-plus-year-old Edinson Cavani, got bodied by little teenager Jacob Ramsey. Yeah, but he wasn't expecting it because he's, he's not made the at most Jacob of Ramsey that at that time. No, I'm not having this. Clear and obvious has never it's meant cl- less after what I saw last night. That was clear and obvious. I felt. And the ref got it wrong, hence why it was overruled and overturned. Have you, have you watched the whole episode? Michael foul. Oliver, in the space of three weeks, has gone from shaking his head at Cavani going over saying no foul to then being told, actually, maybe it is. He stood right in front of it. Yeah, 
you can still get it wrong, even if you are stood right well, in front of it. Well, he's an idiot. He said, yeah, we, I told you this type of stuff would happen when I told you who the referee was going to be about two in a bit weeks. It doesn't back, matter who the referees. The They're all terrible in their own way, and they find every little detail to try and rule this goal out. And it was rightly ruled out. Even if that was for Manchester... In your mind, but... If, no. Even if that was Man United... Debate. Everyone's got their own, but... Like, the majority of people are on our side with this. It's ridiculous. What Rules or not, laws are in. The laws are stupid. We know this by now. They're just too intricate. Yeah, but the laws are law. It spoils it. I've, def- I've defended VAR for so long. We've done this so long that I've defended mm-hmm. it. But it's mental. Every time we play Manchester United... There's a new intricate way we get screwed. Was it the early part of the season? Whether that's Fernandez standing on Conce's leg, somehow getting a penalty, to whatever that was last night. Mm. Anyway, let's not bog get. I bother him. How did you go the whole night if I get a penalty? <laughs> yeah, I'm not complaining though. <laughs> anyway, let's not get bogged down too much over that result because bogged down I have turned into the guy from come down with me <laughs> this is where I am I had to stop tweeting that's not at the risk that I was becoming that yes but just stood there like I hope you enjoy your fourth round what a sad little life you must live <laughs> you and Michael Oliver around the dining table enjoying your meal and just oh, piss off well it's game. We can't change anything. Whether we like it or not, they're not going to change for us or any fan. It will stay the way it is. Even if we everyone hates it, it won't change. Money talks. For the money talks, alright. Did you see Henry Winter's tweet? I actually didn't see Henry Winter's tweet. But he tweets like, do you know it costs clubs £9,250 to have VAR in the stadium? So each club pays half each. Jesus Christ. We ask you for a fucking refund? 9,250. That's fuck. Yeah, so if we do the maths, it's about 4,100 and something each. Yeah, so four grand for every time. That's a lot of money. Don't pay. Don't fucking pay. Let them take us to court. It's ridiculous. No wonder the... We have evidence to suggest it doesn't work properly, so... No wonder the lower league clubs don't have that in... But I, we, we didn't really cover this in the, in the preview. If you can't have VAR in every single ground, don't bother. Yeah. Because it's, it's the same in the Champions League. Not all grounds in the Champions League have the capabilities of having VAR. So I've just... Yeah, it's, it's not um, fair. I've just worked it out over the course of the Premier League season, excluding cup competitions and every that. Teams will be paying out nearly 176 grand a season just on VAR and these and we get so many conscientious decisions like I know I keep alluding back to it but uh, and you'll hate me for this but the um, goal that uh, what a season and a half ago two seasons nearly back which kept you in the league because of the ball crossing the line I know that's goal line technology but the fact that VAR didn't see that like that just point to the pudding like we've been talking about this now for two years three years I always thought it was more VAR can't get involved with that for some reason even though nowadays it probably would because they check every yeah, goal I so, don't know no one so knew like it three, nearly three seasons in I think you thought it was Jack Grealish that kept us in the league yeah. not 
<laughs> so we're nearly like three years into VAR now into the Premier League and it just every week we seem to have spoke about the amount of controversy it causes I don't know why the Premier League just doesn't write to FIFA or UEFA and say look it's we, there's too many decisions weekly co costing us our reputation as referees and officials just scrap it and go back to the referee's decision is final the linesman's decision can tell the ref like this is a foul I saw it and then the ref will like okay I can give it or I didn't see it it's not that and from my angle I can't give it or do what they used to do in the Champions League when they had the extra officials like you know behind the goal one at each end whatever happened to that don't bother with it's that. just because we saw that even they were about as pointless yeah as well. it's just it's yeah. something that's it's this country it's our refs in this country. They don't mm. know what they're doing. Like, they just get worse and worse. Like I know we spoke about it the other week as well when we said uh, in our end-of-year review that it worked perfectly in the Euros, yet the one decision that took forever was because it was English officials. Why is it that the English officials are so bad at using it compared to everywhere else? Now, I even saw... Watching AFCON stuff, even they mm. use it better. They stopped the game. Because they knew something had happened and subsequently gave mm. away. But do you think the. I'd say this. Look, we watched. Does the NFL have like a time limit in terms of. You know, when the challenge is made or the pool review? No. There is a time limit and then when they have, they have a certain amount of time to look at a decision. If they can't find it, just stick yeah. with it. But the thing. They. There needs to be a time limit with how long VAR is used if you can't find anything after like two minutes then you stick with it because then it's not clear yeah and the, it's the offside one as well because um, I know that didn't happen in the game yesterday but the you know when you were saying like these lines are like millimetres this way this way and you're on, and we can only see it from that one high angle up in the Etihad Stadium or wherever just give us where I have to tilt my head like 60 degrees just to tell my face yeah, offside or not just pull in a, a camera angle where it's we can see straight down the line we don't have to work out oh is Harry Kane's big toe offside is a Hyung-Min's son's shoulder offside or this yeah, that the other aren't FIFA trying to find a solution for that this, wasn't there something about the testing something for the potential use of the World Cup I think I did see something other than that but I didn't read into it too much but if, because if you're going to bring that in what's the point of the line oh yeah but it's just there needs to be book it bring Skyner in here just get the robots in and scrap all the referees. No more humans. <laughs> Jesus. Let's not get uh, too robotic. Artificial intelligence <laughs> is coming. <laughs> yes. as well. But however, we still get to see the emotions of the FA Cup as non-league side Kidderminster Harriers managed to beat championship side Reading 2-1 to book a place in the fourth round. Samuel Austin and Amari Morgan-Smith with the goals. Now, people might be asking, why are we talking about this uh, too much? If you haven't checked out on our YouTube channel, we did a documentary the other week uh, looking at the history of the FA Cup and what it means to Kidderminster Harriers. And Brad, you managed to speak to manager Russ Penn. And you got to say, after Saturday's result, he'll be absolutely buzzing with it. I love that man. I love that man yeah. so much. <laughs> oh. It's about he's been more open with... Other coverage. I already always knew it was there, mm. but yeah, the questions are just that, that, that general. You can't show your full emotion, but in that moment, that was full Russ Penn that I meant after all the questions yeah. are done. 
But yeah, honestly, the reaction to the video has been pretty good as well. If you list, if you're a new listener to this podcast because of that video, welcome. Yes. I'm not usually this angry, by the way. <laughs> Only when Aston Villa lose. It's just Manchester United did actually. <laughs> but yeah, um, Kidderminster were one of the few um, teams that managed to provide an upset this past weekend in the FA Cup and it's just great to see them in the fourth round and um, they will be hosting Premier League side West Ham United uh, in a month's time so chef's kiss seeing David Moyes' hammers at Agbora part two two, (laughs) (laughs) no I I actually can't do a part two I I physically cannot do it it'd be absolutely brilliant to see them cause an upset there but we can talk about that at a later any kid of instant officials I'm waiting on a phone call (laughs) <laughs> if he's one like. uh, but yeah absolutely incredible scenes to see Kidderminster go through uh, to the fourth round and oh, it's just going to be absolutely brilliant to see like what it means to the non-league teams and the lower league teams in terms of financial yeah, this, gains it's just brilliant this is massive Phil. massive mm. we saw the place the, the stadium needs a bit of a clean yeah like from the outside I'm sure the inside is lovely <laughs> Oh, the, obviously the outside bit's a bit older yeah and need sprucing up a little bit so that I think they'll put that towards it just what a result though oh absolutely that, amazing that second goal was the most FA Cup goal I've ever seen oh 100% it just summed up the FA Cup in an absolute nutshell like if anyone asked you what is the FA Cup you would just show them that goal and then they would understand it and it was so old school as well because no Hawkeye mm-hmm. no VAR Mm-hmm. We just saw how it's a go off our own eye. I don't know how the assistant saw it, if I'm being honest. Great <laughs> it took me a while until they, until they showed the one replay where you can go, oh, yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's over. Mm. But, yeah, it's just absolutely incredible to see. And then uh, let's have a quick look at the other games where we saw an upset happen this weekend. Despite adding all the millions and... It, La Liga experience of Kieran Trippier it wasn't enough to help Newcastle as they lost to Cambridge United 1-0 at St James's Park um, not the best of starts to life on the, no, the, the, the FA Cup still hates Newcastle yeah. even <laughs> with no owners God Cambridge what a win that was Newcastle didn't even look awful they just didn't score yeah I mean, it's not even like you could say, oh, they put out such a weakened squad. No, they put out one of their strongest squads possible. And it didn't help that Cambridge had prime best goalkeeper in the world in, in the net, because that keeper turned into a machine. Yes, Dimitar Me- uh, Mitov, absolutely uh, outstanding in goal for Cambridge United. Uh, elsewhere, another upset saw non-league side Warren Wood knock out AFC Wimbledon 2-0. Uh, it's a very uh, again but I feel like I have to interject here because while it, on paper it will look like a shock a lot of Wimbledon fans will tell you that it's not a shock entirely well, yeah. <laughs> they're not very good at the moment Boring Wood I believe are on some long beaten streak yeah as well I mean obviously like so yeah fair play to them yeah definitely yeah. big 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 fair play to them uh, Hartlepool United knocking out Blackpool 2-1 again big result for Jeff Sterling's side there I was like, Sarko Sadu was a lot better to hit watch. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were the main shocks this weekend. Um, well, what were they the main shocks though? Although then again. <laughs> what? 
because I feel like now, well, we have to, how do we not go through the hilarious episode that we'll be calling from episode five of All or Nothing as Arsenal knocked out by Nottingham Forest yet again in the FA Cup. Second time they've ever been knocked out in the third round of the FA Cup, both times by Nottingham Forest. I mean, I did say on the previous show that Nottingham Forest could cause the upset and they are the team that would provide Arsenal with like a tough occasion and they certainly did. I don't know what happened. They Arsenal offered nothing. Well. Completely nothing. I thought they were so bad at this. They just didn't do the simple things right if it's the cliche. They did do Forest something. took control. What they did, they did something. And it was a very good cause. Good. No, 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 not that cause. I mean, they provided the comedy factor for us. Oh, no. Especially if your name is Nuno Tavares. Oh, yes. Uh, how have I somehow not got that in the notes? I mean... <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't the best. I mean, he had to get pulled off. He was having a... Meh. He was not good. I mean, that's putting it politely. He had a more than a meh. He was abysmal. One of the worst performances he's had since coming to England. Yeah, but the reaction was funny. And I hope to God there are cameras in the dressing room. Oh, mm, away games. I'm trying to think back to the Spurs documentary. It'd be funny because... It's worth because remember the Spurs one, they stopped doing it after all the yeah. COVID stuff. They had to rely on having them in the dressing room, so whether they'll have that forest is an around. Probably not. Board. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> Open pry. Um, but yeah, Nottingham Forest, who aren't having that good of a season uh, in the Championship. I think you're they are. Well, they well, are yeah, now. now they are. <laughs> but, um, Steve Cooper, Ketters Corbyn, and they're suddenly a playoff team after they were bottom yeah. of the table. Like start of Steve Cooper has just changed the thinking at Nottingham Forest. I mean, absolutely incredible. Um, like you said, they were bottom of the table before he took over in one of their worst stretches of form in years. I think I saw something like their worst run of form for like 36 years of how long they were bottom of the table. It was so bad. And it makes it funny it was this group mm. of players. So, how bad was Chris Hewitt? I mean, he must have been really That's what I'll go from the outside. <laughs> yes. Well, other than that, it, it's just nice that Forrest have now managed to get, them, get themselves a fantastic number nine. In Lewis Graben. Oh, he's okay, but he's not a role model. Who was you on about? Uh, did, you didn't say you started? Uh, no, who started for them? Yeah, well, so you were not aware of the recent loan move that Aston Villa have lended to Nottingham Forest because Arsenal managed to make Keenan Davies look like a solid striker. Oh no, I was too busy watching the midfield battle where Manchester United lonely Jimmy Garner had Martin Odegaard in his pocket for the whole 90 minutes. Did he? Because all I saw of Jimmy Garner was he making a free kick at the first man. Yeah. Did a good job though, apart from the free kick. I don't think he's unseating Fred, Fred McTominay. Not any time soon, let's be honest. That duo is unbeatable. But yeah... um, Incredible scenes to see Arsenal uh, lose to Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup. Um, elsewhere, it was a scareful Spurs for a while. I was going to say, can I go through some of the moments? Morecambe and going ahead at Spurs. That was a laugh. Yeah. I mean, for as long as it lasted. They had to bring on the big guns at the end to get the win. Yeah, which... Liverpool's makeshift team beat Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury went ahead, though. <laughs> and the guy doing the Sioux. <laughs> Just top class shit house right there. <laughs> Is it weird that it feels like more other people do that celebration now than the actual man himself <laughs> that does it? Yeah, I think he's even, even he's getting bored of it now. I was thinking more because he doesn't score. Well, that too. Um, but 
that Liverpool lineup, Jesus Christ, I know they were depleted, but I didn't think they were depleted that bad. What if you had rumours that there's potentially an investigation? Because apparently they brought back only like one positive test. Yeah, there was some. And it's leading to some talk that maybe they lied. I don't know. Well, Whether there it was, was true or not, that... I don't know. Take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, there was reports that I saw that um, a lot of the positives are actually turned out to be false positives uh, in the circumstances. But however, there that is still classed as a positive, whether it just whether it turns out to be real or not. So they had to do the old isolation. So I'm not too sure with that. Um, any other, uh, other stuff as well? Uh, it was a weekend of fantastic limbs. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. I think the most notable actually goes to Chesterfield. Despite it being the goal that made it 5-1, I think it was the limbs of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, definitely so. I mean, like you said, they were absolutely thumped by Chelsea, but they couldn't care bullied. once that goal. Was bullied. They played Lukaku, for God's sake. How cruel could they be? Yeah, but he thought he was just playing another game in uh, the Italian league. They played their best eleven against Chesterfield. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only difference was, like, what they had... I know we employ uh, teams to, like, go for it a bit more, but that's just first-rate bullying. Yeah. Only two players, you would say, aren't regulars in that team, and that was uh, 17-year-old Lewis Hall, who was playing amongst the back three uh, with Melanxar and Andreas Christensen, and then uh, Marcus Bettinelli in goal instead of like uh, Kepa or obviously Edouard Mendy but he's away at the African Cup of Nations but yeah it was a very uh, great scene to see Chesterfield celebrating their goal like they did it was I can't remember how many fans were there as well it was still like 8,000 like they had the whole end the bottom tier and the top tier like Chelsea usually did so it was just even better yes uh, I'm going to go for some notable results now did you see the Barnsley and Barrow game nine goal thriller and most of them in the last 10 minutes. Which is just ridiculous. And I would have shot that one goal. I think it was the first Barrow got that 40-hour free kick. Mm. Good God. A thing of beauty. But yeah. yeah the other ones, I was shouting Millwall and Crystal Palace. They lacked the fire. That would have liked, but that's probably a good thing, in all fairness. But Palace came up winners 2-1, despite yes. a poor first half from them. Definitely. So, uh, Michael Elise having a standout performance in that game. It just makes me. I really wanted us to sign him. Mm. It annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> Even Hall Everton was pretty decent. Everton winning after the extra time, three two. Yeah, which has eased ever so slightly the pressure on Rafa Benitez. I, I don't know about that, if I'm honest. No, I'm talking absolute rubbish for once. It hasn't. The Everton fans hate him. <laughs> <laughs> the Everton fans absolutely hate him and want him gone. Yeah, I think it's pretty much it. Notable results. I'll have other moments to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously the draw for the fourth round was made uh, on Sunday after the West Ham Leeds game. Um, no standout ties that make obviously we spoke about Kidminster Harriers getting West Ham United uh, Boreham Wood they'll be travelling down to Bournemouth and Cambridge uh, they'll be hosting Luton Town but uh, Plymouth against Chelsea potential for an upset there as well but there's no big fixtures that will make Did you really just say that <laughs> eh, you never know uh, there's no fixtures Wait, that... someone who's never believed in the FA Cup you're there going no you never know <laughs> 
I mean, after this weekend, anything can happen. But um, there's one other game that stands out for me: Nottingham Forest against Leicester as well. North East Midlands derby. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not it really is. seen don't, as a derby. Think it is. It is. <laughs> not as much as Forest versus Notts County, but it is still a derby. Oh no, but the, it's East Midlands, and they, you ask them, they do get pretty fiery. Yes. Uh, so that round of fixtures will take place from the 4th to the 7th of uh, February. There's been no confirmed uh, fixture dates as of yet. Right, let's have a look at the European action and there's only one place we can start and that is of course over in Italy this past weekend because my god did Roma versus Juventus live up to everything and then some. This was mental. I didn't get to watch the full thing. Like, the action stopped as I had started watching because <laughs> I had West Ham Leeds on at the time. And so where that stopped, was it West Ham? Yeah, it was. Yeah. West Ham Leeds or Forest? No, West Ham Leeds. So then everyone's going, get Roma at Juve on now. Get Juve mm. on now. It's going mental. And then it's the action has stopped. Yeah. I, I got in just as the penalty had happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was unreal. So... Roma had taken the lead through Tammy Abraham, who's just still firing on all cylinders under Jose Mourinho. Then, for less than 10 minutes later, Dybala equalises. Roma go up 3-1 just after the break. Uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini and Henrik Mkhitaryan with the goals there. Then there's like a 7-10 to 10 minute spell where Juventus just score three goals through Locatelli, Decilio and Kulaveski. Um, just absolutely wild scene so that puts Juve 4-3 up then Matthias Delic gets sent off for, hit, uh, for a second yellow card this one was for a handball and then the resulting penalty is missed by Lorenzo Pellegrini and it's just absolutely wild scenes there uh, between two teams who aren't having the season you would expect uh, Juve down in 5th and Roma in 7th place at the minute not from what I've seen of Roma, they've pretty much beat everyone below them, but then they've lost to everyone above them except for Atalanta. Yeah, they're having such a topsy turvy season uh, under Mourinho. Why they're not really in the Europe hunt? Yeah, I mean, they're only outside of the Europa Conference League on basis of the results of the teams that they've played against because they are on the same points as Fiorentina and Lazio who are below them but I take it Lazio, uh, Fiorentina have beaten Roma this season hence why they're above them um, but yeah the only bad news or not the only bad news but uh, main bad news out of that game for Juventus is that Federico Chiesa has uh, suffered an ACL injury and will require surgery so uh, timelines that your club haven't specified on that but uh, the amount of ACL injuries I've seen in sports is usually eight to nine months. So October, November, roughly, is when Kiesa could be coming back. Yeah, so he's like, it's for Juve. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's their best player. Yeah, potentially like gone. That's Italy's best player gone in their quest to get to the World Cup. Yeah, and he just about makes the World Cup if we go by that time. Yeah, if they get there, which is just not what you want to be seeing for as a Juventus fan or a uh, Italy fan it's just absolutely horrible to see um, elsewhere in Italy AC Milan beat Venezia 3-0 uh, Slatan Ibrahimovic opened the scoring 
and that means he's now scored against 80 different teams uh, only Christy that man that man won't stop yeah Cristiano Ronaldo is the only other professional to have also scored against 80 different teams uh, Teo Hernandez scored a brace though and one of them being a penalty which is weird to see him taking penalties for AC Milan I don't know who the usual taker is but I wouldn't expect it to be him uh, the big game as well uh, Inter Milan versus Lazio saw Inter win it 2-1 Milan Skriniar scoring the winner there for Inter Milan and on Monday evening Torino put four past Fiorentina um, which is probably a big surprise in that result considering Torino's season um, so Inter are top of the table by one point over AC Milan however they have played a game less than their city rivals over into the Bundesliga now and Borussia Mönchengladbach once again had Bayern Munich's number on Friday night winning 2-1 despite Robert Lewandowski opening the scoring for uh, Munich they ended up losing 2-1 with a 4 minute goal flurry for uh, Mönchengladbach with Florian Neuhaus and Stefan Leiner scoring the goals for uh, Mönchengladbach which is good news for the rest of the league and uh, Borussia Dortmund nearly didn't capitalise on it but thanks to some late brilliance from Jude Bellingham helped um, Dortmund pull back right into it and then eventually score the winner through Mo Dahoud against Eintracht Frankfurt yeah they desperately needed that Dortmund it's always against Frankfurt that it seems to end free to yeah I remember doing predictions last week we, do I put that one on and yet again go for a free to prediction <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> uh, elsewhere in the league, third place, Hoffenheim beat Augsburg uh, 3-1. That was despite actually being 1-0 down after five minutes. Elas Babu with a brace early on and then David Rams uh, scoring later on in added time to make sure that result was safe for them. And RB Leipzig beats uh, Mainz 4-1. Uh, however, Mainz did have to play a lot of that game with 10 players. And over into La Liga now, though there hasn't has there been any action this past weekend in La Liga, or is it because I know Barcelona are in cup action? Which well, I'll just riff, riff off because they were games. Like Barcelona drew one-one with Granada. Yes. When was that game? Now was that Saturday? Or was that Saturday? I wasn't too sure whether that was Saturday yeah. or midweek. There was Saturday and on the same day, Real Madrid battered Valencia four-one. Oh yeah, because that's when Karen Benzema scored his three hundredth goal for. Uh, Real Madrid in that game yeah uh, so we'll go to France yes we sh- shall do um, this weekend in France saw the big game of Lyon versus PSG on Sunday didn't quite live up to it as we expected it finished 1-1 Lucas Paqueta scored the goal for Lyon whilst Tilo Kera scored PSG's goal um, little disappointing obviously PSG was still without uh, Lionel Messi in that game and Obviously, Neymar is still recovering from his injury, but still a strong enough lineup where you'd expect them to be beating Leon, considering Leon uh, antics this season and how poor Leon have been. But they're also lucky enough that they've got a massive cushion that they can afford to drop a point. Yeah, to... I mean the gap is eleven points still over Nice in second. Nice themselves, they won on Sunday. They're the early game. Uh, they beat Brest three uh, nil. 
despite playing again the majority of the game with 10 players after Morgan Schneiderlin was shown a straight red card after 20 minutes. And uh, yeah, well, go on. if we dad won last year, should we talk about Porter? That doesn't happen much. No, it isn't. But they provided a good story. Yes, so in their game in League Portugal, they were playing Estoril, and it was a 2-2 game. This this is Porto being 2-0 down uh, at half-time. Mediterranean pulled one back just after the break, and then Luis Diaz on 84 minutes made it 2-2. And then three minutes from time, the manager Sergio Kinshaw brought on his son Francisco and then Francisco Kinshaw scored the winner in the 89th minute and what a finish it was as well it was pretty good beautiful scenes as well yes going to celebrate with unless you're an Estoril fan and then you're pissed yes Uh, so the victory made sure that Porto took all three points and now they are still three points clear at the top of the Portuguese lead with Sporting in second and Benfica down in third. Remember that witch doctor storyline before the new year? Yes. It appears to be working. Well, we always knew. We always trust the witch doctors. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, speaking, predictions before we get onto that, speaking of I, I, I um, great moments between father and son, this weekend in Stoke City's game saw a third generation of Wright Phillips uh, play in professional football at a senior level as Sean Wright Phillips' son, Ian Wright's grandson, DiMaggio Wright Phillips, play for Stoke City. Um, I mean, if that's one way to make you feel old, Ian Wright's grandson has played professional football now. That's so bad. For me, it's more mad that it's Sean Wright Phillips' son. I would still think Sean Wright Phillips is in his 30s. <laughs> no, he's in his, what, mid-40s, I think? But yeah, DiMaggio... You'd think he would be. <laughs> a 20-year-old uh, midfielder who can also play up front is definitely a promising name to keep an eye out in the future. And um, I wouldn't... Literally, from what I've seen of him, he's meant to be a really good player and he could get a move to a Premier League yeah, side in the next few years. Uh, yeah. I've just remembered if we're talking young players, uh, Joby Bellingham made his debut for Birmingham City as well, age 16. That is the younger brother of Jude Bellingham which I didn't, who is obviously ripping it up right now which I didn't think was possible so, uh, to get a younger brother than Jude playing professional football no, just, Paul Birmingham they're going to run out of shirt numbers if he ends up being more of them <laughs> yeah I did see a funny tweet from uh, their dad the other day saying that he's uh, him and his wife are going to keep having more children just to keep that effect going on which I'm not surprised they've only got four stands they can't name <laughs> every single stand after them They'll end up naming the stadium after him at this rate. But yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. They could name a street Bellingham End, but for sure... No. (laughs) Aston Villa fans might like it. Uh, Actually, it's just a suggestion. (laughs) You don't have to come up with... I'm sure there's an area in Birmingham called Bellend anyway. There are many Bellends in Birmingham. (laughs) Not us, before you go there. I'm staring at one. <laughs> <laughs> right, on to the Predictions League. Predictions League now, this is going off track. <laughs> <laughs> on to the Predictions League now this week, and it was a very good week for uh, the pair of us. Obviously, Millwall, Crystal Palace, we both got three points for predicting a 2-1 victory there to Crystal Palace. 
I get three points for predicting West Ham versus Leeds. Bang on, whilst you get uh, the two points for predicting that West Ham would win. Um, we both get one point for predicting that Real Madrid would beat Valencia. Uh, Brad got three points for getting Leon versus PSG bang on with a draw. And I get the one point for predicting Man United would beat Aston Villa. So it's an eight point gap as we get ready for this set of fixtures. Brad on 68 and I'm obviously on 60. Right, I'll now hand it over to Brad for this week, the return of his favourite segment of the podcast. That is quite something! I don't know, Jeff, has it? I do not believe what I've just seen! Honest to God, that will never, ever get old. Oh, Miss Ray Hudson. <laughs> what have you got for us this week? Huh? Yeah. Well, I have many nominations this week to make up for the zero last week. I was offended, quite frankly. But as we know, the African Cup of Nations has now started, and we've already been blessed with many, many moments that will be gracing this award for the next few weeks. And one of them, if you hadn't seen this. You know, have you been aware that CAF, the African football authorities, have been showing the games live on their YouTube? I haven't, no. Straight. Well, I say they're showing them on their YouTube. They're trying to show them because they had their own YouTube stream that was broadcasting the Burkina Faso Cameroon game taken down for copyright infringement from themselves. <laughs> Hey, how's that possible? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> for, for copyright infringement, they got so, it taken down, even calf, though they're the ones showing it. Calf copyrighted, yeah. <laughs> calf copyrighted their own YouTube stream. <laughs> if that doesn't just scream African football in a nutshell, I don't know what does. A joke was even what? funnier. It happened again yesterday. <laughs> How does that keep? Jesus wept. <laughs> oh god, Africa football. Not not the end. Really. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> well, there's still be so many more. Certainly one didn't be with African football, honestly. No, but, but back to England for a second. Did you see in the Charlton Norwich game at half time, Charlton broadcasted highlights from a game at 2008-2009 season. It was the last game of the season. Against Norwich City, right. which resulted in Norwich City being relegated. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that is some pure class shithousery there from Charlton and their media team. It, it, it's shithousery, but then you remember that Charlton finished right at the bottom that season as well. So they both went down to League One. Yeah. I fall, you fall, we all fall. That's their motto, it seems. Yeah, so. Uh, Road number three. So, if you're aware, Hall City are set to be taken over by Akun Ilikali. Turkish man. Yeah, Turkish man. And they were talking about it the whole time on the BBC coverage on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And I overheard them say this little moment that I, my ears just pricked up. Because apparently, Akun Ilikali announced his intention of this on the Turkish version of The Voice. 
what did the whole city mascot come up and start singing we are the mighty tigers let's see oh, I thought he was just illicarly going on and then just started singing mauled by the tigers <laughs> just did the, the chairs turn oh tigers. yes that's better it's more like it honest uh, I have seen a few videos of him um, one at the weekend where him I think it may be his wife or his daughter they're on um I forgot what the thing's called. The runway about to get onto his private plane, and they start and just doing the like horsey on the video chants. He was doing a mauled by the tigers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he was just, he was just. I don't know what he was saying because my like English Turkish isn't that very good. Um, and they started doing some like whole city chants, and it was just absolutely hilarious to see. We're going to get many moments. I feel from that. Yes. he looks like a character. Definitely but, uh, does. Final, I want to go to the final moment now. This is one that will be more closer to you. So, do you play football manager, right? I do. Hmm. Have you ever actually wanted to own a football club? Mm, I've thought about it in the past, yes. Well, guess what? You can. What? Can I? You can, because you can now submit your bids to Bulgarian top flight side... Barrow, as they are officially for sale, and there is a tweet online that has their emails on, and you could bid via the email. They are collecting bids via email. I mean, as you do. Um, so, what was the team called? The name that I have is just Barrow. Top Flight Barrow. as well. Yeah, not too bad. Um, they've got a. <laughs> I may think of it. They are a team a hundred odd years old. They play in a twelve thousand capacity stadium. They finished sixth last season. Oh Jesus Christ! They play in Real Betis home colours practically. What's wrong with that? Their away colours are also green. Yeah, it no, seems to be like... to be offended by that, but. <laughs> For some reason, the club's colours are green and white. I don't know why they love green so much. I know it's on the national flag, but Jesus, that's taken it a bit too much. But hey, you never know. I might put in a bid for them. Regan Walsh, owner of Bulgarian side Barrow. Off the crossbar owned <laughs> Barrow FC. That would have oh, that would be absolutely incredible to see. We're green. Right, we, we're, uh, we have green. Yeah. Not we can just put. <laughs> I was about to say, we could advertise all around the stadium. Call it the Off the Crossbar Stadium. The OCC, OCC Park. Ooh, I do like that. OTC Park. No, anyway, oh, decide yeah. award winner. Um, He's got to go to CAF for <laughs> taking down their own stream. I'm, I'm of purposely the checking out their stream today, see if it happens again. <laughs> Honestly, if that happens... They might as well just give up on the whole tournament because you're not going to top this moment at all. No. Right, uh, that is right. all the talking points, unless did we, I've did missed we anything. We can have a quick talk, but I was just thinking, uh, as all the Group 1 games haven't happened yet, we could save it until Thursday. You can do if you want. I was going to say, watch Nigeria versus Egypt. That is on. Uh, four o'clock today. Yeah, so yeah, this podcast will be out. Listen to this podcast, then go and watch Nigeria versus Egypt. Yes, and then enjoy the rest of your Tuesday afternoon doing whatever you want. Unless you're a Man United fan. 
No, you can still enjoy your Tuesday afternoon. He thinks you can enjoy your Tuesday afternoon. I hope you have a sad one. So sad. It's a sad, sad situation. Sorry, I felt like we... Oh, so it's fine if we start start singing now, is it? I was thinking if we start with a song, we might as well end with a song as well. Oh, be careful, it's all turning into Top of the Pops. (laughs) (laughs) You should have said the voice. Come on. I am in a spinny chair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so am I as well so it should have worked it was anyway it was thanks for listening <laughs> yes uh, thanks for listening to this week's podcast we'll be back on Thursday to preview the return of the Premier League and have a look at any other talking points around the world of football this week that may occur until then make sure you like and subscribe wherever you are listening to it and follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod for all the latest news and stories and until then it's goodbye from Brad I hope you had a sad little life you Leave me alone. (laughs) And we'll see you on Thursday. Goodbye.